Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown. And today, I am joined by both Jonathan Sullivan and Nick Brown. Fellas, how we doing? I'm doing good, Ryan. How are you? Doing swell. Nick? Yeah, you know, been on a big fix in the talk sports hiatus, and I figured I'd come out of retirement, you know, spice it up a little bit. Happy to be back. Oh, coming out of retirement, you're sounding like a certain someone. Nah. Won't name any names, nah. but uh, that's neither here nor there. Today, we are here to preview Super Bowl 56. Uh, we, as you will see in the links for the podcast, we will have already, we've already gone over the road to the Super Bowl by recapping the playoffs. So now we are going to focus on the Super Bowl itself. But in case you didn't listen to that episode, let's just quickly go over the road to the Super Bowl for both of our teams. First, we've got the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals coming into the game with a record of 13 and 7. This is going to be their first Super Bowl appearance since 1989 and only their third in franchise history. It's kind of crazy their turnaround that they've had. Just two years ago, they had the worst record in the league, which allowed them to select Joe Burrow with the number one pick. And now they are going to the Super Bowl. That is the, the two-year turnaround from worst record to in the league to Super Bowl appearance is the quickest in NFL history. And to do it, they had to defeat the Las Vegas Raiders. They had to go into Tennessee and beat Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. And then they had to take out Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City again, the second time this season, to win the AFC. So, Jonathan, I will start with you. Give me your quick thoughts on the Cincinnati Bengals and how they got to the Super Bowl. I think everyone is probably pretty surprised that the Bengals are the representative from the AFC uh, in the Super Bowl. It's good to see because the uh, why the NFC over the years has had a lot of parity in the Super Bowl representation. The AFC has been just the opposite. I mean, it's been Kansas City, New England. I mean, can't say New England, can't say New England for a, a long time. And before that, it was basically any team that Peyton Manning was on or Ben Roethlisberger, Sands, and appearance from Joe Flacco. So you basically had like four or five teams in the last basically 20 years that represented the AFC uh, every time in the Super Bowl. So it's good to see a, a new face, uh, maybe one that is there to stay. But I I think it's definitely quite surprising to see uh, they, the four seed um, in the AFC make the Super Bowl, kind of how they got there. I mean, they barely beat Tennessee. Um, thanks, They probably should have lost to Tennessee if Tennessee had a competent quarterback. And then <laughs> they had a great comeback against uh, Kansas City. You got to tip your cap to them. And uh, But they have an uphill climb. They are dogs in this game, obviously. So we'll just have to see. But it's good to see some new blood out of the AFC in the, in the Super Bowl that I don't think anyone expected. No, not at all. Cincinnati came into the season, I believe, uh, 125 to 1 odds as preseason favorites. Uh, pretty much towards the bottom of the preseason odds for making it to the Super Bowl. Nick, any quick thoughts on the Cincinnati Bengals and how they got here? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, ever since they started the season, they look like a team that was primed to at least make the playoffs, but probably not go any further than maybe the wild card round or the maybe the divisional round. But uh, I think they've shocked a lot of people. They've shocked me even for their ability to get knocked down and then get right back up. Um, I'm sure I'll come back to this point later in the later in the pod, but they're a big second half team. So their ability to stay true and make adjustments in games is what's got them here. It's been really impressive, especially like you talked about um, Joe Burrow making strides in his young NFL career. Uh, they got a great team, man. The really only thing that uh, as we've seen this year that they struggle with is protecting Mr. Joe Burrow. And once they can do that, they're going to be an even more dangerous team and, they still struggle to protect him, and they're in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, uh, th- this could be a dominant franchise going forward. So, they had a great year, and I, uh, I'm very happy to see my Bengals going back to my A.J. Green days. Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals stand. Although, I feel bad. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw A.J. Green is uh, pretty active on TikTok, and uh, he, he posted a, a video of himself in, like, a Arizona Cardinals hat. And uh, I forget what, I don't know what the audio was. Basically the context of the video is that he should have stayed in Cincinnati uh, for one more year. Um, And honestly, you know, he would have been, he could have been a part of this team. I don't know if he would have even played since they have so many talented wide receivers, but um, thought that was funny. But yeah, Bengals have been great this year. Really fun team to watch. Mm -hmm. And they will be going up against the NFC champion, that being the Los Angeles Rams, who will come into this game with a 15-5 and record. It's going to be their second Super Bowl appearance in four years and the fifth in franchise history. Matt Stafford gets to go to the Super Bowl for the first time in his long career. Uh, it's his first season in L.A., so it's kind of crazy to think that as soon as he gets out of Detroit, he gets right to the Super Bowl. Uh, Sean Mack. Sean McVay, he's going to be looking to redeem himself after that uh, woeful performance in the 2018 Super Bowl versus our New England Patriots. Uh, how, how the Rams got here, they defeated their division rival, Arizona Cardinals. They went into Tampa Bay and beat the Bucks, And then they took down, they finally took down for the first time in three tries, but the most important try of all, the San Francisco 49ers to win the NFC. So Nick, get me going on the LA Rams and how they got here. Well, I mean, ever since the beginning of the season, I think we could have told you that the Rams were going to be at least a contender at the very least to make the Super Bowl. Uh, Considering what Cooper Cup did last year and how he was able to repeat it this year, this team has been stacked ever since the beginning on both sides of the ball. Uh, people forget, and by people, I pretty much just mean myself, that they were able to acquire Von Miller from Denver for, for not too, too steep of a price. And the the amount of big names they have on this team, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is kind of insane. And also another sleeper that people forget about is Eric Weddle. I know he's kind of old and a bit washed, but they've got him, Ramsey, Donald, Von Miller all on the same team. That's kind of insane. So this team was always going to be primed to have a very good defensive year. Um, I think probably their worst, uh, I guess, of the three facets of the game was going to be special teams. But Matt Gay really turned it on this year and was a fantastic kicker. Although he's struggling in the playoffs. So that's going to be a, a big thing to watch, I think. So I think he came up short in like a 48-yard field goal. 
So um, definitely going to be an interesting kicker matchup in this in this big game. But yeah, like I said, there's not really too much to say with these Rams. They've impressed just as everybody kind of expected to. You know, Matt Stafford kind of proved that he's always been a very solid quarterback, but he was just doomed to fail uh, in the disaster that is the Detroit Lions franchise. Um, so, you know, you, you align Matt Stafford with some fantastic receivers. Unfortunately, they lose my guy, Robert Woods, uh, mid season, but they trade for Odell. He takes a few games to get adjusted. And now he's, he's been great for them. Uh, you give him some running backs, uh, you know, um, Sony Michelle comes in after the injury to Daryl Henderson and actually puts up some good numbers. And now camp acres comes back uh, from an Achilles injury. I think it was so early. Uh, I mean, they, they have a pretty stacked roster all around. So this is no surprise to see this team here at this point. Uh, all I'm going to say to your point, Nick, is I don't think Eric Weddle is actually washed. First game back out of retirement, comes in and leads the Rams in tackles in the playoffs. So I, yeah, I think he's, he's old, you know. Yeah, I, I know what you're getting at. Jonathan, give me your quick thoughts on the Rams so far. Yeah, much like I said, like the Bengals surprised everyone. I don't think. Uh, pre, uh, preseason, if you said the Rams were in the Super Bowl, anyone would be really that surprised. I mean, everyone knows they're all in. They basically have no draft picks for the next like two or three drafts because mm-hmm. they've traded all their capital. <laughs> Matt Stafford or Von Miller or whoever. And um, they uh, they had a favorable road. Um, they beat up on an Arizona team that started off strong and then just really collapsed down the stretch into the playoffs. Um, they've always had a good, their number against, uh, Tampa for what, forever you want to say in Tampa was very banged up. And then they got, uh, they got lucky that they didn't have to go to green Bay for the, uh, NFC championship game. They got that at home and they snuck by a gritty San Francisco team. And, uh, there's a lot of pressure on Matt Stafford. I think he probably has the most pressure of anybody playing in this game. Uh, maybe him and Odell, they're both on the Rams. So uh, we'll have to see how they perform when the lights are the brightest because Stafford has been, uh, he's been a little shaky. I don't want to, they're definitely not winning. Um, I would say on the back of Matthew Stafford, he's been, he's been fine, but uh, he's been a little shaky from time to time. Yeah. I'd have to give you that to a degree. Uh, but when push comes to shove, uh, he typically is solid in late game situations. I think, I saw a stat that he's actually fifth all time in fourth quarter comebacks uh, in NFL history. So I, I know though that's kind of a longevity thing, but he's at least shown that he can do it. He just, we just haven't really had a chance to see him do it in the playoffs so much. Uh, I mean, he just had to survive against Tampa Bay cruised against Arizona and did what he needed to do against San Fran to come back from 10 down in the fourth. Uh Thank you, Jimmy G, for shitting yourself again. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, but one last note before we kind of move on to the position group breakdown. This is actually, uh, if my st- note keeping is correct, this is going to be the first time two number four seeds meet in the Super Bowl as this has never happened in the merger era. Uh, so this is going to be there's no really history or, or historical context on two four seats playing each other. Um, so it should be interesting to see how this goes. Uh, so let's move on to the aforementioned position group breakdown. We did this last year. 
And I think it, it's a it's a good way to kind of slice and dice the game up into a matchup based uh, breakdown. We'll start with the skill positions on offense. So we'll just group lump it all together. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. If you want to go in depth on who you think has the advantage in each, go for it. Uh, but Jonathan, get us started on the skill position on offense. Who do you think has the advantage at the skill positions? Well, both of these teams are quite skilled um, across the board, but I will have to give the slight edge to the Cincinnati Bengals when it comes to skill position, just because I think Joe Mixon is, is much better than whatever LA is running out at running back. Sonny Michael. I mean, we know Sonny Michael, he's not going to impress anyone with any play basically ever. Cam Akers has been a fumble machine. Um, and then like Joe Mixon is, is a three down back. And then when it comes to wide receivers, I mean, cup obviously is the best wide receiver, but like, then if you're drafting the next three, you probably go um, chase Higgins. And then like, it's close between Beckham and Tyler Boyd, but at least the third, the third guy is um, going to be, you know, the top three for Cincinnati wide receivers are better than LA's top three wide receivers. Um, and then tight end is kind of a wash. Both of their tight ends are actually hurt. Um, so I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if Higby is going to make it back for the game or Uzama. I think they're both, uh, they're both questionable for the game, I believe. Um, so we'll have to see, but just because I give the Cincy a slight edge in wide receivers and then a decent size edge in running back, um, skill, I will, I'll go with them. Um, and I think the quarterbacks are, are basically a wash. Nick, do you agree? Yeah. You know, I put, I put some thought into who I really think has the edge. I couldn't honestly pick a side, so I can't really agree or disagree with what, uh, anything John has said, um, whether I, it's true or not. Um, well, let me, I, let me cut you off. Do you think it's a push across the board at the four positions? Yeah. I mean, I, I really think it is, um, like Jamar chase and Cooper cup, like are both fantastic. Like if you're making me pick, I guess I would choose Cooper cup. Right. But then you go down the list and it's like Odell and Van Jefferson. And then, then you got. T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. I kind of like T Higgins and Tyler Boyd over Odell and Van Jefferson. So it's like, and both the tight ends, Uzama and Higby, I feel like are pretty equal. And even the QBs like Burrow and Stafford, they, they're pretty equal. And so John was talking about Joe Mixon, you know, he's saying Joe Mixon is better than what the Rams have to offer. Uh, I, I don't really think Mixon's all that much better um, than what we were seeing out of Daryl Henderson this year when he was healthy. And even, like I said before, when Sony Michael replaced him, uh, he was pretty sharp in his performances. He didn't really um, fail to be productive uh, in his touches on the field. And the same thing with Cam Akers. Cam, Cam Akers has been pretty solid. And so you have three solid options in the backfield um, versus Cincinnati's one. And you want to talk about Samaje Pirine, you know, he's good at his role, but Mixon's really the guy or the Rams kind of spread it out. So which strategy works out better? I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends, but I really can't, I can't pick a side of this. I, the, I feel like the skill position is so evenly matched 
um, that I, I I couldn't convince you. I have no like logic to support. Uh, just I, I'd be like flipping a coin essentially. So that's all I'll say. I am kind of in a slight agreement with both of you. I think it's more or less a push across the board with one exception. And that exception is what Jonathan said. And that's the running back position. I give a slight edge to Cincinnati. Thanks to Joe Mixon. He's better than any of the running backs LA has. Yes. They sprinkle in three different options as you pointed out, Nick, but I think Joe Mixon is better than all three of them. And he showed that by being a three down workhorse. Uh, He then you, so you, I, I give it, that edge at running back to Cincinnati. The other three positions, I think it's a wash. You look at quarterback Stafford is the more experienced quarterback, but he has the same amount of playoff wins as Burrow. And he only has three more playoff games total than Burrow. And all three of those were losses. So I'm looking at it the way both of them are playing right now. Burrow's playing uh, a little bit better than Stafford. They're kind of, in the same experience part. Uh, I think it's, I think that's a wash. I think wide receivers is also a wash too. The, the Bengals have more depth across the top three, but the Rams have the better superstar at the top and Cooper cup, even if it is only a slight edge at that point. But so I, I consider that a wash as well. And then yeah, tight end with both the starting tight ends being hurt. Cincinnati's backup is also hurt at tight end. So the tight end is just a complete wash because everyone's hurt or irrelevant at that position. Um, so total crapshoot at tight end, but I will give a slight edge to the Cincinnati Bengals in the skill positions simply because Joe Mixon is better than anything that the Rams have to offer. Let's move to offensive line. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't think we need to spend too much time here because the answer should be pretty straightforward. Uh, but I am interested to see if anyone wants to make uh, the devil's advocate uh, case. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, which offensive line would you rather have? Um, yeah. So basically, if I was a Cincinnati Bengals, what I would do, uh, instead of rolling out their offensive line, I would just take five plastic toy horses and line him up in front of Joe Burrow. And that way he doesn't have to worry about, like he, he could just know that he's going to get hit. Um, just a line of Hanks out on the offensive line. Uh, that's my offensive line to uh, um, choose in this matchup, to be honest with you. But in all seriousness, I mean, this is an easy choice. The Rams are so much better. I mean. So are you uh, advocating for a Trojan horse? Yes. That's got to be the first ever Trojan horse offensive line pitch in football history. Uh, I would love to see it for one. Jonathan, thoughts on the Trojan horse? Well, I think the uh, Bengals offensive line, I'll make a bold prediction here. They're not going to give up more than nine sacks in the Super Bowl. Wow. Wow. That is so hot. Steaming. That's just, that's my hot take. But uh, yeah, I got to go with the Rams, obviously. Jonah Williams is actually pretty good. Uh, Cincinnati's left tackle, but their right side of the line is pitiful. I think it's pretty obvious that Cincinnati's first pick, whether it be 31 or 32, is going to be an offensive lineman. Yeah, this, 
this is not even a question. The LA Rams behind the stalwart Andrew Whitworth, former Cincinnati Bengal, mind you. Uh, it just, it's just not even a question. The Rams have the better offensive line. If you didn't, then go back. If you don't believe that, go back and watch the Bengals play the Tennessee Titans and watch Joe Barrow get sacked nine times. Hence Jonathan's bold nine sack prediction. Uh, and, and then if you need further, just go skim back through the Cincinnati bagels regular season and watch Joe Burrow get sacked 51 times, 51 times Joe Burrow by reaching the quarterback, by reaching the Super Bowl, after getting sacked over 50 times in the regular season, that is NFL history. He becomes the first quarterback to do so after being sacked 50 times in the regular season. Then you add in another dozen so far in three playoff games, nine of which came in one game. And then on top of that, if you're still on the fence for some insane reason, Cincinnati was 30th in pass block win rate and gave up the fourth highest sack rate entering the AFC championship game. I think, I think that's, that's enough. We're beating the horse to Ed here, a DR style, uh, LA, obviously with the better offensive line. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball and let's discuss the front seven. Uh, Jonathan, who do you think has the edge in the front seven? So defensive line and linebacker group. So this is, I feel like this is a bit closer than people think. I mean, LA definitely has the more household names like Aaron Donald and Von Miller, but Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson for the Cincinnati Bengals have been, I mean, studs all season long. Uh, I had one of them in IDP didn't really help me there, but uh, (laughs) they've been, they've been tearing up um, in the, in the playoffs as well. But when push comes to shove, I still got to go with, I still got to go with the names and Aaron Donald is probably the best defensive player in football. And so like through, through that fault alone, um, I, I got to give the slight edge to the, um, the Rams when it comes to the front seven. I, I actually agree with you, Jonathan. I don't think this is a, like a decisive edge to LA, but simply because Aaron Donald will be suiting up in an LA Ram uniform and is arguably he's going to be the best player on the field in Super Bowl 56. You have to almost just by default, like yeah. you said. And, and be, because of, um, Cincinnati's uh, offensive line struggles in the past. I know there is a decent amount of money actually coming in on Aaron Donald and Von Miller, either one of them to be a Super Bowl MVP um, because yeah. they think that it's, it's possible that one of them could rack up some serious stats against the Bengals. Uh, shaky, to put it lightly, offensive line. And, and we'll get more into to odds and prop bets a little bit later on. Uh, it's interesting you bring up Donald for MVP. He's actually plus 1,000 via Bovada, which puts him fourth best odds to win Super Bowl MVP. Um, but yeah, to get back to your point, Aaron Donald just being on the field, you almost have to default give the Rams the edge in the front seven. But to supplement it, like you said, Von Miller and Leonard Floyd in the linebacker group, uh, they're no joke either. Uh, so I do have to agree with you. It's got to be the Rams. Although Bengals defense of late, especially 
in the playoffs has really stepped up nicely. Uh, Nick, do you uh, think the Bengals have the better front seven or are you going to make this a clean sweep here? Yeah, I, I, I really think the Rams have the better front seven here. Um, you got to think it's closer. I mean, I don't know how close it is in my opinion. I still feel like, I mean, anytime you're there and Donald, it kind of swings the, um, you know, swings it into his favor regardless. And I, I don't think like, it's not, that like monstrous of a difference between these front sevens. But I still think, like you said, I mean, you're lining up Donald and Von Miller on the same side on the same team. Yeah. Usually that those two, whichever team they're playing for is going to have the edge. So I got the Rams at the edge of the, that line. Understood. Let's talk about the secondary. Uh, I am very interested to see how you guys feel about the secondary comparison. So Nick, I will get started with you. Who do you think has the better secondary entering the Super Bowl? Yeah. I mean, on paper, it's, it should be the Rams. I mean, you got Jalen Ramsey. We talked a little bit about Eric Weddle already. Um, They should have the better secondary on paper, but I mean, at the same time, the Cincinnati Bengals, they're no slouches either in in that category, but uh, once again, I still feel like the Rams are lining up the better group. Um, so I'm going to give the edge to them. Although I think this one is probably uh, outside the skill position, probably the closest of the rest of the matchups. Yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree with you because I actually think the secondary is a push. I, I was tempted to roll with the Rams yet again, simply because Jalen Ramsey is suiting up for the LA Rams and he is the best corner on the field. He's one of the best corners in the league and the Rams safeties have definitely played well, especially getting Eric Weddle back for the playoff run. But you look at how well this Cincinnati secondary has held up in the down the stretch and in the playoffs, they're playing their best football of the season at the right time. Thanks to guys like uh, corner Mike Hilton, safety Jesse Bates, the third there they've got three pretty solid guys at corner and a pair of up and coming safeties. I, I, and they're playing, like I said, they're playing their best football at the right time. Uh, I really think that while LA has the better skill across the board. I think Cincinnati is playing just as well as them. So I go push Jonathan. Uh, I'm going to roll with coach. I, I give the slight edge to the Rams um, just because as you mentioned, like it's the same kind of thing with Aaron Donald. like Jalen Ramsey is just simply maybe the best cornerback in the whole league and he's playing for the Rams. So that gives them an advantage. And just because I don't care if you tell me that he's having a good season or he actually was pretty decent this year. Eli Apple is an all time terrible corner. Like he's just <laughs> like, he will do something that is just awful. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but he's just, he's like one of those guys that's just like, you can tell me he's having a good year and it doesn't matter what he puts up for stats. I'll still tell you he's trash. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny to see that he's got the loudest mouth uh, or the loudest Twitter fingers of the bunch uh, and seemingly wants to brag about this team's run and wants to take uh, a good amount of the credit for uh, the defensive work, uh, given his prior uh, 
track record so that that's definitely interesting i will definitely give yeah you that. Uh, he got drafted high by the giants he basically got like screamed out out of town because he was so bad yeah he flamed out hard <laughs> and so i don't care if you tell me he's having a renaissance or something you saw it in the kansas city game he dropped that easy pick that probably would have won the game before mahomes threw another pick like the next play or two plays later uh He's getting he's getting burned. It wouldn't surprise me if someone like Van Jefferson is matched up against him on some play and just burns him deep. Yeah, because I, I imagine Hilton will be lined up against Cooper Cup in man situations, and that would leave Eli Apple on someone like Odell or, like you said, Van Jefferson uh, on the outside um, trying to handle the more vertical routes. Uh, so that'll be that'll be a, a definitely a big matchup to watch. Uh, Let's move on to special teams. I know uh, both kickers are very good. The punters just as good as well. Uh, Does anyone have a clear cut uh, edge in the special teams department? Uh, Jonathan. Um, Well, the Bengals got the uh, kicker that is just, just cooking for them. Uh, Just a complete stud of a kicker. But uh, as Coach mentioned earlier, Matt Gay's been struggling a little bit. But Matt Gay was very good during the regular season. He was one of the best kickers in the league during the regular season. I can't tell you a bunch about the punters, to be honest with you. But uh, I, I think it's I think it's basically a wash, just because we are inside. So I don't really think like I, all you can do with the kickers is the, like the like the pressure because the atmosphere conditions are neutralized uh, with the dome. So I, I, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a wash uh, on the special teams because both kickers, I know coach is probably going to talk about how Matt Gay was short on like a 40 something yard field goal in the MC championship game. But like, I don't know this guy, it's a home game for him as well. So, um, you know, I, I really don't think uh, he, I'd be that worried about him. He was, he was nails during the, majority of the season nick yeah i mean you're right that's exactly what i'm going to talk about but not only just that in that sense but i mean like it's like i said he was he was good for a while and you know he was a little shaky in that one game um but mcpherson's just been money and uh, honestly when you're talking about special teams uh i really don't feel like predicting like punters and like the kick returners like any of that unless you have like somebody that was like Devin Hester level I don't think they're going to impact really the game I think it comes down to um, the the field goal kickers and so that's why I think the Bengals have an edge in this one and and I, I, I get what you're saying it's a home game for Matt Gay so he'll definitely be like a lot more comfortable but um I mean, if anything, it will be a pretty even matchup. But as far as who is kicking better right now, I'm giving that to McPherson. And that's why I think they have the edge of special teams. But um, it should be interesting to watch. I, I, uh, I, I'm very excited to see how um, not only McPherson, but the Bengals kind of come into essentially a home game for the Rams and uh, how long it takes them to kind of like settle down, get those nerves to quell. Uh, and you put up some points on the board. Yeah, the the Bengals are kind of a, one of the slower 
teams to uh, to get going in a sense of tempo uh, early on in games. So it may it it will be definitely interesting to see how quickly it takes for the offense to get going. Uh, Evan McPherson, twelve for twelve on field goals in the postseason, uh, hasn't missed. He's been absolutely nails. Uh, hasn't missed an extra point either. And on top of that, he has hit back-to-back game-winning field goals on the final play of the past two games. So he has been outstanding for the Cincinnati Bengals. Matt Gay, I mean, he's been really good as well. You really, um, you really don't want to hang your hat on the two misses he's had in the postseason uh, because he's also had hit two game-winning field goals in the final two minutes of his own in the past two, their past two games. But you did, as you did mention, Nick, he has missed a few field goals this postseason. He was the better kicker between the two in the regular season, but in the postseason, kind of missed a couple. And so if you're going to go with one special teams unit, uh, I am with Nick on this one. I will go with the hot kicker because I don't think either team has a decisive advantage in terms of the special team unit or punting or anything like that. So I'm going to go with the kicker who's on a little bit of a hotter streak. And that's Evan McPherson and the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, let's talk about potential X factors. So what's one player that each of us will be watching for that we think will be an X factor in Super Bowl 56. Jonathan, lead us off on this one. My X factor is going to come from the Cincinnati Bengals and it's going to be wide receiver Tyler Boyd. He's the uh, old John basically in the, in the locker room for Cincinnati when it comes to their skilled positions, um, especially with Uzama hurt. But I think that there's going to be a lot of attention obviously paid to Jamar chase. And there's also going to be a decent amount of attention paid to T Higgins, maybe the most slept on wide receiver in the league, in my opinion. Um, so I think the, the opportunity is going to be there for your boy matched up against whoever the third corner is there from LA. And let's see if he can take advantage because I think it on a lot of teams, he would be a, probably like a two, like a pretty good two. He might be the, th- best three wide receiver in the whole league, um, arguably. And uh, I think the opportunity is going to be there for him because I think uh, Ramsey's going to do decent against Jamar Chase. And then, you know, Higgins might get, you know, Higgins might get help, a safety over the top help if they just 1v1 Ramsey and Chase. And then that, uh, that will open the field for Boyd. And Boyd is more of a possession receiver as well. So we'll, we'll see if uh, Burrow can, you know, throw it under under the middle for, you know, first down or two here or there throughout the course of the game and get Boyd uh, cooking. So, you know, if he can put together something like six or seven for like 90 yards, then I think that's, that's, that's probably a really good sign for Cincinnati. So he's my X factor. Mm-hmm. Jonathan nailed his X factor last year in our Super Bowl preview show. Uh, I believe you went with Gronk and Gronk had a pair of touchdown grabs as well as a really good, uh, yardage total as well as receiving uh, reception total as well. So uh, pay attention, Tyler Boyd. He's probably going to make an impact on this one. Nick, who's your X factor going to be? Yeah, I know we just talked about him for a little while in the last segment there, but um, my X factor is Evan McPherson because I think the Bengals are going to rely on getting points on the board um, with every drive, which 
spoiler alert, key to the game. Uh, but uh, this is a guy who they're going to need to make sure he's nails as he has been all playoffs. Um, because I think a lot of times, like we talked about, the Bengals are a slow team. They're a real second-half team. And a lot of their games have come down to that one big field goal at the end. And that's where you need this guy to keep being money like he has been in that moment because if they're able to do it again and they get themselves in that situation, they need him uh, to come through. So he's definitely going to be my X factor for this game because if he comes out right and he shanks his first kick, and that could spell the end, could spell disaster for this team. So um, that's somebody who I think is really going to be able to impact the game because a lot of the other facets of the game are pretty even for these guys, So uh, for these two teams. So I'm really looking to see how the KKG matchup uh, plays out. My X factor is also on the Cincinnati Bengals. So that make us three for three on Cincinnati Bengals X factor players. But mine is on the defensive side of the ball, and it's going to be defensive end Trey Hendrickson. Uh, he obviously led the team in sacks with, I believe, 14 in the regular season. That was good for, I believe, fifth or sixth in the league. But he's really been quiet in the postseason. He's only got two and a half sacks in three games and only six total tackles. No, only, only one tackle for loss outside of the sacks. And he hasn't really been involved, no pass deflections, no fourth fumbles or anything like that. So he's been kind of quiet in the playoffs uh, so far. The Bengals really need a big game out of both him and Sam Hubbard. Shout out Harambe lover, Sam Hubbard, to keep Stafford under pressure as much as Joe Burrow likely will be uh, throughout the course of the game. So my X factor if I had to pick one, it's Trey Hendrickson, but I really think it's him and Sam Hubbard really need to dial up the pressure and get to Stafford as much as possible with how much the Rams probably will be in Burroughs face over the course of the game. Let's move on to the keys to Super Bowl 56. I'll give mine first for both teams. I think for Cincinnati, it is painfully obvious what they need to do to win this game. And that is give Joe Burrow time in the pocket. He was second in expected points added per play when a pass is thrown. So basically if he has a chance to get off a pass, the Bengals are one of the best teams in the league at putting points on the board. If they just let him do that. So as Jonathan likes to say, he just needs time, even if it's not in the right context. Uh, and for the Rams, this, this is as simple as it gets because it's not even really so much a, uh, what a player needs to do. The Rams just need to go into halftime with a lead. The Rams are 47-1 and one under Sean McVay when holding a halftime lead as a head coach. The only loss that came about a month ago, Week 18 versus San Francisco. If they just enter ha- halftime with a lead, I think it's almost a sure bet that McVay and Stafford will find a way to win this game and grab their first Super Bowl. Unless that is McVay gets in his own way with uh, some trying to do too much in terms of coaching and overcoaching. But I, I really think if, if the Rams can put together a lead in the halftime, I'd say they're going to find a way to get the job done. Nick, what are your keys to the game? 
Well, so my key for the Rams is actually kind of the opposite uh, in, a, in, a, in a way. Uh, my key for them is they need to win the second half. Because like I mentioned, the Bengals are a second half team. So I fully expect the Rams to go into halftime with a lead and, and probably a good sized one. But the, it's all about winning the second half. Because if they win the second half, they're going to win the game. Because that is the half where the Bengals are going to come out firing as they have in the past. So if the Rams can quell Joe Burrow in that offense in the second half after they probably try to make adjustments after having a tough first half, what I'm predicting, uh, then, you know, they'll be able to win the game. But um, it's really going to come down to like that second half. Like I'm uh, first half, uh, I'm not even going to be too concerned with um, sounds weird to say, but I'm not even going to be too concerned with what, what happens. I'm, I'm going to be waiting to see, what happens in the second half, because unless the Bengals are going in with a big lead at halftime, then that would be the ultimate, Oh, how the tables have turned um, reference. But I fully expect the Rams to go into halftime with some sort of lead. Uh, So it's going to come down to that second half. So that's the key for the Rams and for the Bengals. I alluded to earlier, it's it's just getting points on the board on every drive, making every drive count, um, especially uh, if they, force any turnovers uh they really have to capitalize on those los angeles mistakes uh because as we've seen you know keep harping on the on this point but we always see them start out slow but if they can just keep putting points on the board and you know hope their defense comes out to play uh then they're gonna be in this game because as we've seen in weeks past uh they they go at a halftime down two two and a half scores even. Uh, and they, you know, they fight their way back in it and they put themselves in a position to win. So um, it's all going to be about putting points on the board against this Rams team because they're a high power offense. But um, I, I would expect the, the Bengals defense to be able to um, keep the Rams in, in shooting distance, so to speak. So uh, points, 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 points. This game could be high scoring. It really could. Um, so the, the emphasis is just getting those points, even if you're taking field goals. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't hate to see them be a little bold and go for it on a fourth down, maybe from um, like the 40-yard line or so, somewhere around that gray area. Um, I think that might be a turning point in the game we could uh, look to after the fact. Um, but yeah, it, it's making every drive count for these guys because they have the ability to score and they just have to execute. Yeah, the Bengals have been incredibly hot out of the gate in the second half. So I think they've got like a plus 73 differential in the playoffs alone in the third quarter, uh, which is by far and away like number one amongst all teams. So it'll be definitely critical for the Rams to not let the, the Bengals uh, get going real quick in the second half. Jonathan, your keys to the game. So for the Bengals, Ryan, I'm just I'm just gonna piggyback on you because I I really do think it is it is the most crucial factor for either team in the game is simply like Joe Burrow just needs simply needs time. I mean, <laughs> he got sacked nine times, as we've said, against the Tennessee Titans. If the Cincinnati offensive line puts up that type of performance like they did against Tennessee, the Bengals are just they're simply gonna lose the game. Um so I don't really need, don't think I really need to get into more. They just simply just give Joe Burrow 
some time to throw the ball because he has elite skill weapons and he will get them the ball and they will score points alluding to coaches uh, keys. My main thing for the Rams is that they need to protect the ball as someone that governed Matt Stafford during a fantasy season this year. And I did win the league that I governed Matt Stafford. The, he led the league, I believe in pick sixes this year. And he has some horror. Anytime he's basically down within like his own five yard line, he's like, you got to like hold your breath because anytime there's like a little pressure, he's like scared. He's going to take a safety. So he just like throws it, just throws it like wherever it's like, he'd rather give up a pick six than have the, have, give up a safety and then have the potential for them to score again and get like nine points or eight points or whatever. Um, so my key for them is just simply protect the ball. We saw the Tampa Bay comeback in the divisional round against the Rams was basically all predicated on uh, a botch snap. Then Cam Akers fumbled the ball. Uh, Cam Akers fumbled the ball in the first half that prevented them from scoring right before the half. And uh, turnovers, I mean, they're killer to any team, obviously. But the Rams have been a bit prone for like just crucial turnovers at different points of the season. Yeah, they had, I believe, four fumbles lost in the game against the Bucks. Like if they weren't sporting a 24 point lead in that one, uh, they surely would have lost that game. Uh, that allowed Brady and the Bucks to get back into that one. Uh, but luckily, uh, the, the offense bailed them out at the very end. And they were able to kick the game-winning field goal there, but uh, definitely gotta cut down on the turnovers if you're the LA Rams. Ball security is job security. Now, before we give our game predictions, let's move on to prop bets. We had a lot of fun with this one last year. Uh, we'll give a, a condensed version of it here as we approach the 50 minute mark here on the pod. Uh, so I've got about, a about 10 or so that, uh, I want to give you guys. And if you have any prop bets that you want to, you guys want me to discuss, feel free to pull them up. I am going to be giving these via Bovada. So here goes nothing for super bowl 56 MVP. Your top five odds are Matt Stafford at plus 120, Joe Burrow plus 230, Cooper Cup at plus 600, uh, Aaron Donald, as we mentioned before, at plus 1,000, and Jamar Chase at plus 2,000. Uh, who do you guys like to be Super Bowl MVP? Nick, I'll start with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that Aaron Donald is uh, so far down on that list behind Stafford and Burrow. I know the quarterback is obviously the most important position, so that's why they're probably um, of the highest odds. But, I mean, if we're talking about who's going to impact this game the most, I mean, it's Aaron Donald. So if the Rams win, it's likely going to be because of his presence in getting to Joe Burrow to stop the Bengals from roaring back into this game if they're down big time. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Aaron Donald. I mean, you alluded to it earlier, and I got no reason to think otherwise. I think uh, Aaron Donald probably has, in my opinion, the best chance to, to be the Super Bowl MVP. Um, if, if the Bengals win it, it's, it's going to be Joe Burrow in a hot, in a, in a heartbeat. Um, 
But if if the Rams win, I honestly think it's most likely to be Donald unless Stafford has some astronomical performances. Uh, I think it'll be neither of those Rams. I actually like Cooper Cup because we've seen how much Matt Stafford loves his little Cooper Cup. Uh, Stafford could throw for 250 and two touchdowns, and Cooper Cup will probably have still have like nine catches for 125 yards and one or both of those touchdowns. Uh, so even if Matt Stafford has just a, a decent day, I think Cooper Cup is still uh, very likely to have a very good, if not great day. And so I, I actually think Cooper Cup's the most solid bet because yes, Aaron Donald will be the best player on the field, but I don't know if for certain that he's going to put up the, the stats uh, that are going to just glow off the box score. And that, but we know that's what it really comes down to. You either have to make several key impact plays or you have to just fill up and stuff the stat sheet. And while I think Donald will have the impact, I don't know if he's going to make enough plays for whoever it is that decides Super Bowl MVP to say, yep, Aaron Donald was unequivocally the most important player and the most valuable player for the Rams in their win. So uh, I actually would like Cooper Cup plus 600. Jonathan. Well, I like the, uh, what was the Burrow odds you said again? Plus two what? Plus 230 for Burrow. I really like those odds for him just because I know you guys both said that you, you like Cooper Cup, but I mean, Super Bowl MVP is, it is a quarterback's um, award to lose. Um, I know we've seen Julian Edelman win the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Deion Brands won it earlier in Brady's career, but basically it's, it's rare for a non-quarterback, I feel like, to win Super Bowl MVP. Like the, the vast majority of the time, it is the quarterback of the winning team that is going to win Super Bowl MVP. And so they must really, like, obviously the Rams are favored, so that's why Stafford is the favorite to win MVP. But Burrow at plus 2,300, I mean, 20, a $20 bet is almost netting you $50. Um, if you think the Bengals are going to win, I don't know why you wouldn't, you wouldn't bet that. Um, but to coach's point, the only way I see Aaron Donald winning um, Super Bowl MVP is if the game is like a blowout. Like, I feel like when the games are blowouts, that's when you see like, like weirder, like players winning uh, Super Bowl MVP. Like if the, if the game is 28, 24 or something like that, I think it, I'd be, very surprised if it wasn't uh, one of the quarterbacks that won Super Bowl MVP. Mm. Yeah, tough to disagree with you there. Uh, quarterbacks definitely odds on favorites for a reason. All right. Speaking of passing, how many players will have a passing attempt in the Super Bowl? The over under is conveniently set at two and a half. So basically, this prop is saying, do you think a non quarterback? will attempt a pass in this game. Uh, if you were to say yes and take the over, that is plus 110. If you're going to say no, just the two starting quarterbacks will make all the passing attempts. That's minus 145. Uh, do either of you uh, care to take the over on this one? Because I am. I, I would, I would take the over. 
Yeah. I think I think Odell's gonna throw a pass. <laughs> I would also take the over. I, I think uh or I think you, Tyler Boyd will throw a pass. Or you could uh I I'm not gonna say this on a public pod, but if <laughs> if someone was to hypothetically take this bet and then uh hope for an injury to one of the starting quarterbacks, the bet would also cash most likely. Yes. Room for injuries. That, <laughs> that would theoretically work. If we had a backup attempt to pass, that that cashes too. So uh I, I think we're I think we're all in unanimous on this one. Uh we'd like somebody not named Stafford or Burrow to throw a pass here. Uh I think uh Odell's probably the most likely uh, I don't hate Tyler Boyd as well. And hell, I wouldn't even rule out a punter pass in this one because uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, Johnny Hecker's done it before. And I don't know who the punter is for Cincinnati, if I'm being quite honest with you, but uh, I wouldn't put past Zach Taylor to save that for the Super Bowl. So you never know. All right. Now let's talk. Longest score of the game. Will it be a field goal or will it be a touchdown? Now the odds in this one are pretty much the same. It's minus 115 for both. Uh, but I want to see which you guys think will be the case. Will it be a touchdown or field goal for the longest score of the game? I mean, I, I would put my money on touchdown just because I feel like the odds, the way these two teams play offensively, I mean, I feel like whether it's Jamar Chase or Cooper Cup, somebody's going to have a big play. And I think most times it'll end up being like 50 plus um, if that play is going to happen. And I, I don't know. I'm just feeling it. I'm, I'm putting my money on that happening. So I, I'm going to say it's going to be touchdown. I'm actually going to fade you there, coach. I'm going to, I'm going to say it's a field goal just because your fade. guy, uh, your guy, Evan McPherson, yo, big stud. He's probably going to hit like a 50 burger in this game. Yeah. I mean, he could hit a 50 burger, but I, I think like uh, Jamar or probably more likely Cooper Cup is going to get like a 60 burger. Nah, I don't think so. I, I'll, I'll go with the field goal. I think there'll be like a 50 burger in this game and uh, the field goal will win. Yeah. Friendly wager. Mm, Yeah. We can discuss off pod. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Uh, I think field goal is the safe play, but I'm actually going to go with Nick here. I will go touchdown. I think it's a safe bet that somebody will kick like a 40 ish, 40 something yard field goal. And, but to Nick's point, Cooper cup and, in my opinion, more likely Jamar chase is bound to break one off for 50 plus. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying that we won't see a 50 plus field goal, but I think that I would take touchdown because of the big play ability of both offenses. Hell, maybe somebody, I doubt it. I know it won't be Sony Michelle, but hell Joe Mixon could break uh, a 50 something yard touchdown run. And it wouldn't be the most surprising thing I've ever if, seen. If Shoney, if Sonny Michael uh, actually was able to run 50 yards and <laughs> the opposition defense and score a touchdown, I may have to run out and jump in the pod behind uh, Franklin Hunt. Yo, friendly wager? Hey, discuss off pod. Oh, Good. my God. All right. And 
Now, this is this is an interesting one, uh, at least for me. Will there be a missed point after attempt? So will there be a missed PAT? Uh, the yes is plus 220. Uh, there, the no is minus 310. Does uh, this have to be a kick or could a team go for two and fail? No, it's it's got to be uh, a missed PAT. So the conversion must be unsuccessful from the 15-yard line for yes to be graded the winner. Okay. Uh, I will go... I do actually think there'll be a miss. I think Nick's guy, uh, Nick's guy's gonna choke. Uh, <laughs> uh, no miss kick, no miss kicks. Uh, I am with Jonathan. I think there will be. I don't know who it will be. I, I, I don't know if it'll be McPherson or Gay. Uh, I, I would actually lean towards Gay on this one. Uh, but I, I think somebody will doink one off of one of the uprights on a PAT and we'll end up seeing a wonky score because of it. All right. Uh, a couple more. These, these ones are a little bit more uh, fun style. Uh, so this one, I can't believe this is an actual prop bet. How many commercials during the Super Bowl will have a dog in it? <laughs> Over six and a half plus 110, under six and a half minus 145. I have no idea who thought of this one, but it's great. And somehow somebody went in and watched NBC television and graded it and said, Yeah, over under six and a half is reasonable. So, anyone take care to take the over on doggos, doges? I'd take the over. Just yeah. I mean, it's, I, dogs are like an easy ploy, like a marketing ploy. So. Yeah, they're just. It's like yeah. It's just companies are looking for like anything that will drag people in, and just the dog will like someone like coach will see it and just like scream. <laughs> uh, oh, so oh, that's like the go to. Uh, Nick, care to care to comment? I mean, I, I said I said my piece. I, I I take the over. All right, uh, I will also take the over just because uh, I'm always in for more Doge. Uh, this 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 is also an interesting one. But before we get into the halftime show edition of the prop bets, Drake curse. What team's jersey will Drake wear at the homecoming event during Super Bowl weekend? <laughs> Uh, Cincinnati Bengals plus 165 LA Rams minus 220. Is he uh, guaranteed to be wearing a team's jersey like he, he yeah, has to be? What? No, there, there is no guarantee. Hence why if he wears both or neither, the the prop is voided. All right. Uh, I'm going to go. It's going to be voided. <laughs> Straight up. I'm, 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 I'm on it. I'm back in. I'm back in, Jonathan. <laughs> I don't know what the odds are on that, but that's uh, a stupid prop. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. Like, who comes up with this? That's a Merguis might have came up with that prop. Yeah, uh, like, that's facts. Kids are Drake guy. Well, uh, somebody here has to pick it, so I'll do it. I'll go. LA Rams minus two twenty. 
simply because we know if you've been following social media, Joe Burrow is a Kid Cudi guy. So def- I think if any, if Drake is going to support any team, it's got to be the L.A. Rams, even though Cincinnati way closer to Toronto than L.A. But it's L.A. So I'll, I'll go with the Rams. He'll be sporting Rams jersey if if either. Joe Burrow, also a Livy Dunn guy, if you know, you know. All right. You didn't say that. Yeah. Anywho, got a couple for the halftime show. All right. Whose song will play first? As you may or may not know, there are five artists performing during the halftime show. Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and Eminem. Mary J. Blige is actually the odds-on favorite to have a song performed first at plus 200. Eminem has the worst odds at plus 600. So, with Kendrick Lamar at plus 250, Snoop Dogg plus 350, Dr. Dre plus 300, who do you guys like to have a song performed first by? I'm thinking Eminem. I think they they probably like start out hot and then like cool down and then end hot. I'm thinking like they probably start with like Eminem. Um, I mean, I could also see Snoop Dogg. I don't think they're going to start with Kendrick Lamar or Mary J. Blige. Uh, I feel like they're going to finish with Dr. Dre for some reason, just because he's Dr. Dre. Um, and but because of the fact that I think they're going to finish with Dr. Dre and since him and Eminem are super tight, I wonder if like those two will be on the end together. So actually now speaking out, talking this <laughs> out loud, I'm going to say they start with Snoop Dogg. Damn it. That's who I'm going with too. I feel that's a like good thing. It's I, a smart it, pick. it is. It's a great pick. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to be California love. I think it's going to be California love. That's uh, just me. But uh, Jonathan, do you have an opinion on this one? I actually think they're going to start with Mary J. Blige. I think she's going to come out and, and, and sing whatever she sings first. I feel like Mary J. Blige is the most famous person that no one can name like more than like two songs that she's sung. That's fair. Yeah. yeah definitely got to give you that one. Uh, what will be the first Eminem song performed? The oh, Now, if you want to go with the field, and any other song that is plus 175. But if you are confident in a specific song, lose yourself plus 250. My name is plus 275. The real Slim Shady plus 350. Without me plus 500. Stan plus 900. The only one, I don't even know if he's going to perform any of those last four songs. That's, I'm with you on that. The, I, I feel like, it, you're either taking lose yourself for the field. Yep. Um, jeez, oh, because they're doing like legend, like like all the people are like icons of their like industry or whatever. Except for like Kendrick Lamar, I I feel like he's he's a little too young to be considered that. But anyway, um, I I don't know, man. I would uh, I would lean towards the lose yourself just because it's so popular. And it, it makes sense for this setting. And I, I thought you were going to say, um, what's that other one? Till I Collapse? Yeah, but I think Lose Yourself probably just because it's more like mainstream. And that's really the thing is it's got to be like a mainstream popular one. And the last four ones he mentioned aren't like like Eminem fans like, are like, oh, this is sick. 
but like i feel like just most mainstream and like the average person isn't like oh yeah dude like uh, i i really hope he performs this song at the super bowl i think most people are probably like yeah he should probably perform lose yourself at the super bowl yeah i'm with you i i think the last four are like i'm not saying he won't perform them but i think it's just long shots i think if you go with any of those four specifically you're you're kind of out of your mind uh yeah i think if eminem is the one who kicks off the super the halftime show i think lose yourself is as good a, a bet uh to be the one that he opens with uh, i think if he if if he's somewhere in the middle or towards the end uh I think any other song will hit because I think he'll start off with till I collapse or some other mainstream song of his that he did a collaboration with a group of people. In. Um, so uh, I would go lose yourself plus two fifty, just because I think he'll probably be somewhere towards the beginning. Uh, I know I said Snoop Dogg will probably be the first one with you, but uh, I think if Eminem were to go first, I think lose yourself is a pretty good bet. Jonathan. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I tend to agree with you if, if he goes first, especially because of who he is, uh, performing with, I feel like lose yourself would be like just the way it starts. Like it just, it almost kind of like makes sense if you like play like the halftime show, like in your head, like just the way lose yourself, the, the beat at the beginning of the song starts is kind of like slow and then like builds itself up. But if he, if he wasn't performing with other artists that were from like the nineties, sans Kendrick Lamar, I actually think that he might start off with like one of his more recent songs, like, but not like recent, recent, but like a not afraid or something like that. Yep. Um, just because that's like a song that I feel like, a, like everyone knows, but it's more like, I don't know. It's more like, there's a lot of young people that probably haven't heard like this, like lose yourself and stuff like that. They've only listened to like mm-hmm. newer Eminem. But um, I, I feel like you guys are right there that if, if just because of who he's performing with and if he, if I can just see it like starting with like lose yourself. Yeah. Now what will be the last song performed? Uh, California love is the overwhelming favorite to be the one that finishes. Uh, I know. I think it'll, I think it'll be actually the one that opens it, but uh, California love is plus plus one fifty to close the halftime show. Uh, followed by Lose Yourself and the next episode at plus 500. Uh, you've got Still Dre and Drop It Like It's Hot at plus 600. Family Affair at plus 700. Humble plus 1,000. Nothing But a G Thing is plus 850. And All the Stars plus 1,200. Uh, if it's, there is no odds for a song not listed there, uh, but... Are there any of those pop out to you guys as a song that you think will be performed at the end? Well, uh, for all those artists, a song being plus 150, basically almost even money is, uh, is just like, I don't know. How could, I don't know how it's like, just like screaming at you that it, that's going to be the last song. It's like, almost like they just like, no, <laughs> um, so I, I, I can't, I would be shocked if it's not, I mean, obviously that song and then the, where the game is, it just, it just makes too much sense. Um, and I just thought that honestly, if Kendrick Lamar is the first performer, I think that they start with uh, swimming pools. Just let that be known. Nice. Nick. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with everything, especially with California Love. Um, I don't really have too much else to add, but um, yeah, it's a fun Fair. little bet. I, I I got me a little invested in the halftime show, you know. Yeah, that's that's all we're trying to do here. Uh, final one for well, second to final one for the halftime show. Will Snoop Dogg smoke on stage? Plus one twenty five for yes, minus one sixty five for no. Do I have any takers on Snoop Dogg to smoke? I would say, you know what? I feel like there's going to be a lot of money coming in on, yes, he is going to smoke, that that line is going to move. Um, it's going to move like <laughs> almost to the point where yes is going to become almost even probably with no. But I'm actually going to go no. I don't actually think he's going to smoke on stage just because. I don't either. It's just, well, just cause <laughs> people just get mad about it and stuff. And it's just, yeah, I mean, that's like his whole thing. Like, I, I think it's a little like people love Snoop Dogg and stuff like that. But I mean, we get it. Like you smoke. Like I don't, he's not going to surprise anyone by like, everyone knows he smokes. I don't think it's that big of a deal if he doesn't. We know he'll be smoking right before he goes out and he'll probably rip a, rip a joint right when he comes off. So it's not. Uh, but I'll, I'll go no. I will also go no as well. Uh, although I'm definitely going to wait, like you said, wait for people to bet yes up so that the no line will come down and you can get a little bit more money on it if you do want to bet on it for some reason. Uh, final one for the halftime show. And this, I mean... I think this is an NFT thing, uh, but will any bored ape yacht club character make an appearance during the halftime show broadcast? If I've got that wrong, like someone feel free to correct me. Cause I have no idea what the fuck a bored ape yacht club character is. Unless- I know what the, I know what the board ape the board ape is. Um, I, I don't know the second half. If that's like referencing like a specific image of him, I, I I have no idea. Is is that like an NFT thing? The board ape is like the like go to like NFT like doing different things here. I'll uh, I'll show you the the a picture. I'll turn on my camera for a sec. Um, mm-hmm. like this is like the uh, the board ape. Oh, it's the oh, it's just the standard ape. Uh, yeah. yeah, you see it in like all like a lot of different like NFTs and like yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Okay, so basically, they're saying is somebody is basically is an NFT just gonna randomly appear during the halftime show? That's what. Why the hell then is yes minus three fifty? Uh, what do they know that we don't know? Why is well, no it's, prob- it's probably uh, I'm trying to think like, what is it? What is a company that like specializes in NFT? Like Coinbase does like crypto and they're like a huge like ad buyer now. Um, so I wonder if there's a certain company that is like invested in NFTs and they're like a big sponsor of the Super Bowl. It must be because otherwise I would spam no plus 245. Uh, but I also don't know what I'm getting myself into on that bet. So I, I wouldn't 
dare even waste a, a penny. Yeah, I mean the one. the way you were were talking before about the board ape is be like you would just watch the halftime show, have the bet, and then like you just look after and you would have no idea whether you won or lost. Exactly. So you see green or red <laughs> on the ticket. Exactly. So I'm going to stay out of that one. Uh, but I, I definitely had to get a, get some thoughts here. Nick, you got any thoughts on this one? Absolutely not. I don't know what the hell this dumb shit is. <laughs> I want no part of it. Next question. Sure. Let's wrap up with our mortal lock prop bet. Uh, Basically, scrolling through Bovada, I need one prop bet. Can be a parlay, can be special, anything. Anything you can find. Give me the mortal lock prop bet that was surely going to hit. I will lead us off on this one because I have an asinine one that I think is a really good bet to hit. It's plus 800, and it's got... The kickers involved. Evan McPherson and Matt Gay, 10 plus kicking points each. So basically, they each have to score 10 points, which means I need th- like three field goals each plus a point after, an extra point. Or I need like two field goals each and then four extra points each. I'm saying. This game, touchdowns will be hard to come by. We're going to see a boatload of field goals from both teams. And so I really like this plus 800. Evan McPherson and Matt Gay, 10 plus kicking points each. I I think that is a sneaky good bet in a Super Bowl game that could really kind of devolve into the trenches and... could end up having touchdowns being really hard to come by. Oh, All right. Fair, fair, fair. Fair, fair. All right. Nick. Uh, okay. So I got my, my, uh, my numbies from uh Caesar sports book. Okay. Mercado. Okay. Um, so I- I've got three bets that I like. I'll give two as a recommendation and one as a mortal lock. Firstly, heads on the coin toss plus 100 heads guy. Tail sucks. What? Okay. What? Oh, hold on, hold on. I, I'm stopping you right there. You understand that tails never fails, right? No, tails sucks. You say that you are wrong. Tails always fucking fails. Oh. It, I don't. These tails never fails. People, it's so cringe. It's so not base. All right. <laughs> not every, base. That every, is such a midterm to no. use. You were so mid for saying that. No. It, it, Heads plus 100, book it, book it with coach. Also, plus 410, Cincinnati first drive field goal. It's going to hit because they're not going to, you know, they're going to pop off a couple plays, but they're not going to execute on that first drive. You're going to settle for a field goal. I'm on board with that one. Plus 410, book it with coach. And now my big time mortal lock, (laughs) mortal lock this with coach. Plus 9,000. What? Plus okay. 9,000. You've got my attention, Coach. <laughs> Ready? Book this mortal lock with Coach. Plus 9,000. Caesar Sportsbook. Plus 9,000. Samaje Perrine. Tyler Boyd. And Rams defense slash special teams. All to score touchdowns. <laughs> what? 
All right. All right. Listen, <laughs> you saw last week a little dump off pass to some or uh, not, but yeah, it was last week. A little dump off pass to Samaje Perrin for a touchdown. All he needs is one play in this playbook, and he can he he, he is getting it. You know. A, not a, an exorbitant amount of touches, but he is getting enough that he can get one big play. They could throw him in at a goal line. He's kind of a bigger back than uh, than Joe Mixon, I think. I'm not too sure. <coughs> but, I mean, they gave him a little uh, little pass, a little dump-off pass, and he took it in for like a 20-yard score, right? Tyler Boyd, as we talked about, could have a good amount of opportunities to uh, uh, really go off in this game, especially down the middle. You talked about our matchups earlier in the pod. And then the Ramsey special teams, I think in the first half, that's when it's got to hit um, or when it's more likely to hit a little pick six or I mean, anything. Um, uh, I would probably say maybe a, actually a strip sack would probably be uh, most likely. But hey, <clears throat> excuse me, plus 9000 book it with coach. That's my mortal lock prop bet for this game. Man, I I was with you there for the first two, and then you said Ramsey on the the score. I I would yeah, like I, the, I would like it if it were Bengals because of uh, Stafford's pick six uh, prone proneness that Jonathan so astutely pointed out. Jonathan, give us some prop back. <laughs> you know, Ryan, you you took the words right out of my mouth there. I'm running from points bet. Bengals defense plus 550 to score. <laughs> this dude, Matt Stafford, is either throwing a pick six, getting tackled in the end zone for safety. Cam Akers in his uh, butter hands is going to fumble like he did in the, in the Tampa game. And someone on Cincinnati's defense is scoring. The moment is simply too big for these turnover-prone Rams. <laughs> Plus five fifty, just ten dollars can net you a nice fifty-five dollar burger. Ride it. That's, Ride it. That is a nice burger. Yes. Very nice. All right. Uh, all right. So that's prop bets. Ah, uh, I'm sure if we think of some others, we'll throw them up on the Twitter. But it is time to wrap things up with our game predictions jonathan lead us off who will win super bowl 56 so um before i say this i want i want percentages um and i will say it is 86 14 maybe 87 13 what percent of the country do you think is rooting for the Bengals, and what percent of the country do you think is rooting for the rams Okay. I mean, it's 87% is totally rooting for the Bengals. Ah, I'd put it at like 69% for the Bengals. That's a nice percentage. 31 for the Rams. Yeah. All right. Um, Coach, what do you say? I'm going to say, honestly, dude, uh, not this gives me. This gives me like um, Golden State Cleveland vibes where like everybody is rooting against Golden State except for Golden State fans. But it's not out of hatred. It's not out of hatred. I just think that the Bengals are a much more likable team just because of Joe Burrow. 
and it's not to the detriment of anybody on Los Angeles. They're, they're, it's not like they're a hateable team. It's not like they're like a New York Yankees like villain team, but they're just, you know, they're not as cool as the Bengals. And I think like nationally, that spreads pretty far and wide. So if you're not a Rams fan, I feel like unless you know somebody that is a Rams fan and you're just like supporting them, then you're probably worth the Bengals. So I might go as far as 90-10 here. All right, fair. I mean, I think the – so the thing is that the Rams, they really don't have a ton of real fans in L.A. Mm -hmm. And then they don't have – I really don't think they have a ton of fans left in St. Louis because they're pretty pissed that they left. (laughs) They Uh, definitely don't have any. You could offer more insight than I could there. They're Um, still salty. Our – you're, I mean, I know where you live is more college, but are they, uh, are they Dallas, New Orleans, Nashville, Dallas. Like Tennessee, Dallas? Yeah. They're more Dallas than anything that I've seen, but definitely pro college over, uh, uh, pro, pro football. So I think the only people that are actually rooting for the Rams are the subset of Californians that are Rams fans for whatever reason and a decent chunk of the state of Michigan. I believe will also be <laughs> the Rams because of Matt Stafford. Um, the rest of the country, I am fairly confident they're pulling for the Bengals. Besides, maybe a small section of Kansas City as well because they're just triggered. Um, uh, I would, I would include uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland as well. Yeah, see, I don't know though. I don't know about uh, that. Um, but to the game prediction, my heart wants the Bengals. My head tells me it's going to be the Rams. Uh-oh. They have the home field. They're better on the offensive line. They're better on the defensive line. They're better in the secondary, as we've said. They got Jalen Ramsey. They got Aaron Donald. They got Cooper Cup. They got whatever, Matthew Stafford. They probably got a better coach in Sean McVay. But the Bengals are a team of destiny. Bengals, 29, because we're going to get a greasy score. <laughs> Rams 26 coaches guy hits a game winner. Whoa. I love that. I love that. Okay. Nick. Bengals also cover in that scenario. So true. um, Wait, say that again. Sorry. Bengals cover in that scenario as well. Yeah. I believe it's what minus three and a half minus four, depending on where you're looking for the Rams. I think it was actually at minus five at one point. Hmm. I know it opened up minus three and a half. Hmm. Before is yours, Nick. Yeah. So I've alluded to how I think the game script is going to end up um, playing out. And so this is what I'm thinking. Um, Halftime. I think this, this, this game is going to be 24 to seven Rams. And then I think the Bengals storm back, make it close, but they come up short. I'm going 34-28 Rams over the Bengals. Mm. That's my prediction. So you guys both have the over hitting. The over is 48 and a half. Uh, But we got differential, uh, differing opinions on the winner. So let me break the tie it's it's hard not to remember how poor 
the offensive line play altered last year's Super Bowl. Just think back. The Kansas City offensive line was severely banged up. Patrick Mahomes was running around, scrambling for his life, seemingly on every play. And the Bucs just cruised. Brady and the Bucs cruised to a Super Bowl victory behind a defensive front seven that just terrorized Mahomes throughout. This year, we've got not a banged-up offensive line, but just simply a straight-up poor offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals going up against a very fearsome group led by Aaron Donald. It's really difficult for me to not see the same thing playing out yet again. So with, I gotta, I just have to roll with the more complete team that has a bit, a teeny bit more playoff experience together and a recent trip to the Super Bowl to feed off of. So I am going to take the Rams to cover and I have them winning 30 to 16. I think it'll be a field goal fest, but I think the Rams will put in a couple of touchdowns late to seal the deal. McVay does just enough to take a lead into the half and build upon that impressive record of his and gets his first Super Bowl. So you say 30 to 16? Yes. 16, you said? 30 to 16. Oh, wow. So you only have the Bengals scoring one touchdown the whole game. I do. Sheesh. All right. yep, I've got the under hitting. All right. Yikes. Yeah, not, not great if you're rooting for points or offense. Yeah. But uh, watching uh, betting the under and watching the game is a terrible way to watch a game. It is true. That's why I won't be betting the under, but I have a bad feeling well, Mike that the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line is not going to hold up in this one, and Joe Burrow is just not going to have time to make plays. Uh, I have a really bad feeling about this one. So I'm rolling with the Rams and I think they win by two scores. Hmm. I think it's interesting that you think this is going to be a field goal fest, uh, considering your, your prop at is uh, the, one of the prop bets you mentioned is all the kicker points. Well, yeah, I mean, literally my game score is three field goals and an extra point and a touchdown with an extra point for the Bengals. And then three field goals and three touchdowns for the Rams. Bam. It hits plus 800 <laughs> free money. All right. So we've got two of us on the Rams and one with the Bengals from what I've seen. Uh, I think it's split kind of down the middle in terms of the media, in terms of who they're picking to win this game. Uh, the Rams, obviously the better team on paper, but the Bengals, as Jonathan mentioned, that seemingly the team of destiny. So it'll be very interesting to see how this one shakes out. Uh, any final thoughts on the Super Bowl? Any bold predictions you guys want to make before we call it a wrap? Mm. No, I mean, I think uh, this is going to be an exciting game to watch. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to the kicker battle. Um, I'm looking forward to my squares, my Super Bowl squares that I bought. True. Um, 
Yeah, you know, I think uh, I, I'm just excited. I don't have to work the next day, so I can watch the Super Bowl. You know, uh, yeah, and you know, that's that's it. You know, I'm excited for my boy Joey B. Uh, root for the Bengals hard in this one, even though you're picking the Rams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, there's no bias involved, baby. Just only intellectual thoughts in this brain. Facts do not care about your feelings. Yep that. That's true. That sounds like an, a terrible Alex Jones. Like, ad. nah, it's uh, Ben Shapiro's go-to. Well, I mean, it's one and the same, is it not? Nah, Ben Shapiro is goaded. He's based. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna do it here on this episode of Fixing the Talk Sports for Nick Brown and Jonathan Sullivan. I am Ryan Brown, and we will see you next time. Go Duke. Fuck Duke. PC trash. <laughs>